Your finances will leave a long-lasting impact on your family. After all, you only retire once. If you're looking to discuss all things pertaining to your retirement, you've come to the right place. This is Retirement Matters with Michael Stewart. Well, hello and welcome to Retirement Matters with Michael Stewart. I'm Mark Haywood alongside Michael Stewart. He is the founder of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial with an office in Crystal Lake, Illinois. Find him online at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. Or, of course, you can call the office 815-526-3092. That's 815-526-3092. And with that, Michael, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm uh, doing excellent, Mark. How about yourself? I'm doing great. We're getting on into spring here. It's starting to warm up a little bit. I'm looking forward to that warmer weather. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's about 80 degrees here today, so that's a good thing. Oh, man, beautiful. I hope when you're listening to this, you're also enjoying some warmer weather wherever you are. But we would like to welcome you into the podcast today. got a lot of great things to talk about on today's podcast. We're actually going to get into a pretty good discussion about how you should be reacting to market corrections versus maybe how you're actually reacting. I think that'll be pretty good. But uh, first, Mike, how about we dive right into a bit of news this week? That sounds great. Extra, extra, read all about it. Well, you heard the line. It is time for a little bit of news here on the podcast. This is where we just like to see what's going on in the world around us and try to apply that to the financial world. And there is a lot going on. It seems these days, Michael, there was a report recently that about 20% of college students who are receiving financial aid are using some of that money to invest in Bitcoin. Now, without using any obscenities, profanities, please discuss. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's kind of scary. But, you know, really, it's a function of probably two different things. And I'll even provide a little bit of historical perspective as well as some examples from our own practice. And like I said, it's kind of scary that, you know, throughout my 20 years that I've been a financial planner, there's always shiny objects to chase. You know, it just now happens to be Bitcoin. So in the late 90s, it was tech stocks and that led to the tech bubble and then the tech market crash in 2000 to 2002. Then there was real estate bubble, you know, from 03 to 07, that led to the financial crisis in 07, 09. And in both instances, the markets crashed over 50%. Now, lately, it's the stock market bubble, the bond market bubble, and yes, the cryptocurrency Bitcoin bubble of which you speak of. Now, everyone's looking for that next big home run thing. But here's the thing about the next big thing. By the time you find out about it in the media, the easy money's already been made. And now let me give you a true example from our practice, because as you know, we have the tax planning practice as well as the financial planning. So in December, I was having a financial planning meeting with one of our tax clients, and they were receiving a year-end bonus and kind of deciding what to do with it. Now, they've got a young family, new jobs. They also have a little startup marketing business on the side. So they got a lot going on. At the end of that meeting, I asked, you know, just how we normally close our meetings. Are there any other questions that you have? And the husband and wife, they looked at each other and he said, you know what? What do you think about Bitcoin? I was planning on investing my year-end bonus in Bitcoin. It's a pretty substantial five-figure bonus. And at the time in December, it was trading at about $19,000, up over 1,000% for the year. So, you know, as I put my financial planner hat on, just kind of sat back and I said, look, let's talk about where you are. You got young kids. You're saving for a first home. There's some student loans out there. They mentioned in our planning meeting that they need some repairs on their current vehicle, and they really don't have a whole lot saved. So despite the upside potential, I told him I think the bonus was better served taking care of the needs of his family's current needs rather than hoping to hit that Bitcoin home run. You know, so today as of this podcast, Bitcoin's trading around $9,000 or down greater than 50% from just four months ago. So was my crystal ball accurate? No, it just seems that people need to focus on what their money can do for them to today 
and in the future, rather than hold out for a lottery ticket like Bitcoin is their salvation. So when you mention, you know, 20% of college students, you know, looking for that easy money by kind of flipping it in to Bitcoin, there's a lot of risk that comes with that and not as much reward based on what the real need of that money is. Right. I think, Michael, that you see that people are often looking for that home run, that grand slam, if you will. But often it's really that slow and steady that wins the race. Absolutely. And that's what we're actually going to get into a little bit on the podcast today, because we see that people are emotional investors, and so they react emotionally to news and the markets, especially market volatility. And so that's something that we're going to get into a little later on. But first, it's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Well, yes, let's take some questions from the mailbag. We always enjoy hearing from you, our faithful podcast followers. Love to see what's on your mind, especially as we dive into these different topics on the show. I know it sparks a lot of different questions. Today's question comes to us from Roger at Lake in the Hills. Roger says, Michael, I've had some losses in my IRA recently. Nothing huge, but it still makes me nervous. My broker says he's not worried about it because everything goes up in the long run. But hey, I'm 60 years old and I'm not sure he understands my sense of urgency. Is he right? Should I just chill out? Yeah, well, Roger, you're not alone in taking a second look at the amount of risk that you're taking is appropriate or not. Many brokers will indeed tell you, and we mentioned in our book, you know, hold on, everything goes up in the long run. Well, in the long run, we're all dead. You know, so what I tell clients is that as we are in a retirement or approaching retirement, what we need to do is take a look at the amount of risk that we need to take to achieve that rate of return that's going to give us consistent and sustainable retirement income and don't take any more risk than you need to. This isn't a game where bigger returns at any given year wins a trophy. If you have a portfolio that can go up 20% in a good market, it can also go down 20% or more too. So my question to clients is, what would have a bigger effect on your quality of life in retirement? Earning 15% in one year or losing 15% in a year? And when you ask them that for people that are near or in retirement like Roger here, of course, losing double digits might completely change how much income they can take from their portfolio it's going to diminish the quality of retirement because it's going to diminish the amount of income they can take, or it might have to make someone work a little bit longer. So I tell clients that the market takes the stairs up, these kind of gradual increases for several years, but it takes the elevator down, which is just quick drops that wipe out years of potential gains. So after 2017 market that kind of last year only seemed to go up after being into nine years of a recovery, people forgot markets go up and down. The first four months of this year have seen a lot of volatility and wide swings in the market up and down. So for Roger, now is the ideal time to sit down and evaluate if the portfolio you have today makes sense for where you are today and in this kind of volatile market we have. You know, how you're invested in the distribution phase, which is where you are when you're nearing or in retirement, is when you need retirement income. You need stability of principle, moderate growth, sustainable income that you can count on. And this is what you saved your whole life for. And many times there's not a paycheck coming in after the fact, so you got to make sure that it lasts. So yeah, Roger, definitely. Now's a great time to take a look if the portfolio you have today makes sense for you for today and the needs that you have in the near term, not necessarily are the markets we're going to recover in three years, five years, 10 years. Well, and you hit on an interesting point there, really with that and that headline from earlier back in our In the News portion of the podcast, and that's just that the market does fluctuate like crazy. And so you really need to be planning for the long term. You can neither invest, try to make that home run investment like we talked about, nor can you panic when you see those little blips in the market. And with that, I kind of want to dive into that 
onto the podcast today, Michael, because I think when the market does waver, when it has these moments of volatility, and sometimes when it's just going straight down, you see people with all sorts of reactions, right? We're emotional creatures, we're, you know, behavioral investing is a term for a reason, and so we react, that's what we do. And sometimes you see people react in different ways that aren't always healthy. So I kind of just want to go through some of these, and then you can tell us maybe how we should instead be reacting to market corrections, market volatility, etc. Let's talk about the overtrader, right? The person who's trying to outsmart the market. Yeah, and actually, this just this week, Dalbar, which is a research firm, uh, released what they call the quantitative analysis of investor behavior. You know, they call it the QAIB. So it's getting a little wonky on there, but really, what that report they've put it out since 1994. And what it does is it takes a look at the performance of individual average investors versus the long-term performance of what mutual funds say that they do. And in the 2018 report, they said that the market has averaged, you know, so the S&P 500, 8.5% return for the last 10 years, whereas the average equity investor, just 4.8%. Now, why? Excessive trading in and out of the market, switching mutual funds, jumping to what was hot into something, and then when it became not hot, they switched back into what they were in before, and then also add additional fees, trading costs, high mutual fund fees. Overtrading actually increases the likelihood of underperformance. We tell clients that one of the reasons on the equity side that we like things like index funds or exchange-traded funds is not only their low costs, but if we're trying to participate in the market returns, we're not trying to pretend that we're going to beat the market, so there's no reason for overtrading. If we need exposure to the S&P 500, then let's buy the S&P 500 index with a fee of maybe like 0.2%, rather than a mutual fund fee or you know, trading on a daily basis or where our fees are going to be 1%, 2%. So you know, I think we're going to be better participating in the market, letting the market take care of itself, rather than trying to overtrade and jumping in and out on a regular basis. All right, Michael, let's also talk about those who panic when we hit some market volatility, right? That constant worry that market losses are going to lead to just financial ruin. I actually think I could sense a little bit of that from Roger's question about waiting it out. And I get it, right? I mean, uh, if you're 40, 50 years old, if you're especially if you're about to retire within that five, 10-year window, you've seen the market tank through the years. And you remember what it was like back in 2008, the dot-com crash in 2000, back in the 70s with the gas lines, as far as that goes. I mean, you, you have memories of that. So this is all very real. At the same time, panicking is not necessarily the most healthy reaction. No, I agree completely. And you know where that panic stems from, especially with the age of clients that are in or near retirement now is, you know they remember from 1968 to 72 or 82. So you've had a 14-year period where the Dow Jones started at 1,000 in 1968 and ended at 1,000 in 1982, 14 years later. They also remember the period that you just talked about. So from 2000 to 2013, the S&P 500, yeah, it went up and it went down, but 13 years later, from 2000 to 2013, it, it took till 2013 just to get back where it was in 2000. So th those are some very real concerns that individuals have. So when they start seeing a little volatility in the market like we have recently, then all of a sudden a little panic starts to set in. And you know, I think that's where the value of a, a true financial advisor and financial planner comes in. Because if you've actually put together a written financial plan that covers why you're invested a certain way, that it, with the amount of risk that it's appropriate for you, you're going to stick with that plan in good markets and bad. 
the people that panic are the ones that are kind of investing by the seat of their pants and kind of on hope. And as we all know, hope's not a strategy. That's why we recommend putting together that retirement success blueprint, that comprehensive financial plan for clients. It keeps you focused on the why you're invested a certain way rather than getting lost in the noise on the daily fluctuations of the markets. And Michael, what about the investor that has their head in the sand, right? Trying to ignore everything. Sometimes they don't even open statements because it's too depressing. And I actually can identify a little bit with this one. I think I'm the type that when I know things aren't going well, I kind of just don't want to know what's inside and just assume that the money's there. Yeah, that's what we call the ostrich investing or what you refer to as a head in the sand investing. And really, it, it goes back to that last point. It comes from not having a plan. You know, uh, we, we tell clients that, you know, you need to slay dragons when they're small, you know, because the, they don't get any better. So ign ignoring a problem that you might have doesn't mean that as time goes by, it's going to get any smaller. You know, in most cases, it goes the other way. So individuals that don't have a plan, they're just drifting along in that sea of uncertainty. That's why they don't want to open their statements. That's why they want to, you know, ignore what's going on around them, because they know some of the choices they've made in the past and their unwillingness to actually sit down and figure out what they need to do going forward is what causes that head in the sand investing. So, but if you know why you're invested and for what the purpose is, and you've got a disciplined process behind it, then there's no reason to try and ignore everything. That's right. If you've got a plan in place, you don't have to panic or stick your head in the sand or try to outsmart the market. You can just stick with your plan. And that's not to say that you're never going to adjust your plan. Of course, plans change. But it just is just to say that your plan should be proactive, not reactive to the markets. Because when you get in the heat of the moment, your emotions get the best of you, and that's when you start to make mistakes. Another mistake that folks can make is being overconfident. So we talked about Roger, right? His advisor told him to sit tight. There's a difference in that and someone who's overconfident who just doesn't show any signs of worry because they say, eh, it'll come back eventually. I'll just wait it out. Yeah, after this last nine-year bull run that we've been on since the market lows in 09, we haven't seen a whole lot of volatility, you know, as far as the market bouncing around up until the last four months or so. So people have really gotten overconfident. Yeah, it's true. The market will come back. History and all the mountain charts will show you that. But the bigger question is really more personalized is when? And what will you need from your investments while you're waiting out that market decline? Now, if you're 30 and the market gets cut in half, because it's happened two times in the last 18 years, you got plenty of time to wait. And also keep investing more. Take advantage of that decline. But if you're 55, 60, 65, do you have five or 10 years for things to get back to even? What if you need income from your investments and they're down 20%? Let's say you need 5% as an income stream and the market's down 20. Now you're down 25%. That's how people run out of money without a plan that's going to create sustained and stable income for them. You know, we talked about before from 2000 to 2013, it took the market 13 years to get back to where it was in 2000. So what if you had retired in 2000 or in 1999? Could you have waited 13 years without touching any of that money just to get back even? No, you got to pay your bills. So probably not. Managing your risk is something that you do all the time and it's personalized your specific needs and situation. If you need these assets in the next five to 10 years for retirement income, then you can't hope the market's only gonna go in the direction that you need to. So yeah, it's great that we've had this nice run, but at the same time, you're also 10 years further away from where you were when you started this. And the last time we had a significant decline. 
So what you really need to do is, you know, kind of pocket that overconfidence, have confidence in the plan that you have. Don't have overconfidence in that the market only goes in one direction. That's right. Realize that it does go in both directions and you do need to have a plan in place. So we're neither being passive towards the market moving, nor are we freaking out in the moment when the time comes. I think mm -hmm. that actually leads me to think about a buddy of mine who when the market blipped there in late February, he just got really worried and he took it all out and was just sitting in cash. And he said, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I need to wait till it starts to go back up. And now he's only 30 years old, right? And so he, on the other hand, does have 15 years to wait. And I just said, what are you doing? You can't just take it all out. I mean, you don't know. You don't know when it's going to go back up. You don't know if it's going to keep going down. You cannot time the market. And so I want to talk a little bit about that market timer, right? Trying to pull money out and sit in cash at just the right time, then trying to get back in at just the right time. That's a really dangerous game to play. Yeah, it's kind of a fool's game too. Now, if you're a trader, you've got an account set on the side that you're just trying to take advantage of market dislocations. Okay, you know, but that's not really investing. You know, that's trading. That's gambling, if you will. You know, I'll reference that Dalbar study that we talked about before. The average investor consistently underperforms the market. That's stock markets, bond markets, by nearly half over longer periods of time. Why? Investor behavior. It's overconfidence. It's panic. It's overtrading. It's market timing. Investor behavior is one of the number one determinants of whether you're successful or not over time. They buy when it feels good. You know, when the market's going straight up, just like Bitcoin that we talked about, when everything's at its high, everybody's like, well, it's only going to keep going higher. And when everything's at the lows, whether it was February, whether it was April, all the different sell-offs that we've had recently, or even going back to the bear markets, then nobody wants to buy because it feels really bad. Emotionally, it feels bad. But the reality is that to be a successful investor, it's counterintuitive. You know, when everybody's hitting the sell button, hold the door for them and let them get out and then go in and buy with two hands. When the market's going up at highs, begin to take some of your profits. You know, you don't have to sell all everything, you know, because who knows where it's going tomorrow. But once you get a gain, gains not taken become losses. So you need to have a strategy in place that's going to maximize rather than hurt you in declines. But at the same time, it's going to assist you in capturing some of those games over time. So it's not market timing. It's about having a process in place that allows this to happen. That's right. I think all of this brings me back to you have to have that plan in place that will take you through the ups and the downs of the market through that volatility. Michael, what's it like as folks come in to meet with you and your firm? How are you able to help them get a plan like that in place? Yeah, typically we call it what we call the retirement success blueprint. And what it really is, it's typically three meetings. That first meeting is what we call a discovery meeting. You know, we offer it an hour, we set aside, answer the questions. Really what it is is a fit meeting. Do we think we can add value to what their concerns are or where they're currently positioned? Do they think that we're a good fit for them? You know, it's a long ride for us, so we've got to have a good personality fit between us. And if we do, then what we do is we agree to work on a plan. We actually put a plan together and the clients will agree to pay for that plan. The reason that they pay for it is because it's objective advice. It doesn't end with a sales pitch, you know, so there's no shoe that's going to drop that they got to buy something at the end. Now, in all fairness, about 80% of people still come on into the fold that we do the plans for, but the reality is that they want answers to the concerns and questions that they have, not only on the investment side, but it could be healthcare, estate planning, you know, taxes, a variety of different things. So after that first discovery meeting, we agree to either part as friends or we agree to move forward with a plan. That second meeting from there, if we've moving forward, is what we call our design meeting. The design meeting, I really like to call it our co-design meeting. It's where we get together, kind of roll up our sleeves, take a look and say, here's where we are. Here's where you say you want to go. Here's the gaps that we might have in the plan. 
are we open to consider some of these different adjustments that might need to be made to tackle all these issues? And from that point, we set a third meeting, we call it the delivery meeting. And that's when they get there, you know, two inch thick, 90 page plan. But the more important part of that is I tell clients, you know, you could read, so we're not gonna go through all 90 pages. What we're gonna do is gonna pull out a few of the charts and more importantly, we're gonna pull out the recommendations page. And the recommendations page is gonna be a laundry list of several things. For some people, it's 10 items, for some it's 15. And it says, okay, what do we need to do? When do we need to do it? And then who's gonna take care of that? Who's gonna be responsible for that? Are they gonna do it? And that's fine as a do-it-yourself or are they going to work with the same advisor that's currently got them there or do they want to hire us to take care of that whatever that answer is that's fine then we just go on to the next to-do item on the recommendations list so at the end if they want us to help solve those problems that's great we'll be happy to help them if not they have that plan and the marching orders on what needs to be done so if you want to come in for a visit with michael stewart and the team at crystal lake tax and financial to discuss your own retirement matters you can give the team a call at 815-526-3092 that's 815-526-3092 he'd be happy to sit down with you talk through some of your own questions about retirement and just help you get started on that path toward a meaningful retirement all starts with a phone call 815-526-3092 that's 815-526-3092 3092. And with that, Mike, we thank you for joining us on the podcast today. It was good talking to you again, Mark. Well, be on the lookout for more podcasts. This is Retirement Matters. And as always, you can check him out online at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. There, you get on the main page and go to the podcast tab and you'll see all the recent episodes that we put out. So be on the lookout for more podcasts that are yet to come. Thanks for joining us today. This has been Retirement Matters. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. The information provided herein is for training or educational purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities, investments, investment strategies, or investment advice relating to securities, nor is the information or representation that any security is a suitable or appropriate investment for any person. Before acting on any advice, you should consider the appropriateness of the advice having regard to your own objectives, financial situation and needs. Please contact us to obtain our disclosure brochure relating to the services offered by Sound Income Strategies, LLC, and consider its contents before making any decisions. Where quoted, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Sound Income Strategies, LLC does not represent or warrant that the contents of this program are suitable for you from a compliance, regulatory, legal, or any other perspective. We shall have no responsibility for your use or non-use of the program or any portion thereof.